Hello and welcome to another episode of We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for today or tomorrow or Wednesday, but definitely we're not going to sing 2019 because we're just not going to do that because we can't keep singing 2019 because otherwise you'll go. and We don't want that to happen. However, rather than you us talking about listening to me talk rubbish, maybe um, we want to have a chat about maybe something that you can look at instead. Now, if you're maybe interested in board games, which I'm assuming because you're listening to the podcast in the in the first place, you'll be interested in board games themselves, which means you'll be interested in designers, which means you'll maybe be interested in learning more about designers. So joining me is a gentleman by the name of Eric Rail from Zoom Out Media. And Eric uh, Eric Rail, he's the mastermind behind the the game designers movie. So he's come along to spend a couple of minutes just letting us know a little bit more about that. So hello, Eric. Hey, thanks for having me on. No, thank you. Thank you for kind of coming on. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, There's a storm rolling into town pretty soon, so I'm kind (laughs) of looking out my window and it's getting grayer and grayer. Oh dear! Does that mean it's like your legs swelled up or something? Well, storms are coming. <laughs> something like that, it's not yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Let's just roll in with a stereotypical American type thing. Yeah, <laughs> kind of going on. Um, the Kickstarter for the project is going to be. It's got a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks away. You're going to be um, rolling it out on the on the fifth of February. Yeah. Yep, that's right. On the fifth. So, so what's mood like in camp just now? You excited? You nervous? All of the above? Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, not really too nervous because it's been like a lot of planning and uh, just getting ready for everything. Uh-huh. Just want to make sure that uh, we're kind of reaching as many people. So uh, that's probably the only part that I have anxiety about is making sure that everybody knows about it. But of course that's like common with everybody. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's the noise word. You know, everybody worries about um, four letter words, but it's usually it's that big five letter word you should be kind of worrying about. Yeah. Um, For people who haven't listened to the show before, thank you for coming along. The reason that we do this is because um, it's like Star Trek. It's like our five year ongoing mission to seek out, you know, new forms of board game life and board game civilizations and to boldly go where no kind of whatever, you know. Yeah, no. It's, it's, you know. Well, you sold me now on this whole podcast because you mentioned Star Trek. I'm I'm all all in right now. (laughs) Nanu, nanu, Captain. Um, (laughs) And the second reason that we... um, that we do this is because uh, we get to speak to people like Eric who are doing um, they're doing something different. I mean, this isn't Eric's not coming on to talk about his board game. He's coming on to talk about his documentary. So I thought it was a good idea to have a chat and we can find out a little bit more about himself and we can find out a little bit more about the um, the game designer's movie. But before we find out a little bit about the movie, we want to do what they do in a lot of movies, which is to have a flashback scene to Eric's past. Because we <laughs> want to find out a little bit more about how he got... Now, so obviously in this thing, you're standing on your porch, you're staring out ahead of you, 
And this is when you're going the kind of staring back to how you first got into board games. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your kind of your history? Yeah, sure. So uh, my first foray into these kind of games was probably about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. I um, I went to a uh, a friend's party and he it was like at his house and he had some friends over and everything. And um, next thing, next thing I know, he kind of whips out this game that I've never really seen before called Dominion. I was like, oh, that looks neat. So he, <laughs> you know, I was the only one that didn't know how to play it, but they taught it to me and then I started playing it. And then um, I kind of, you know, fell in love with that. Obviously that was my gateway game. And, uh, and then from there, it just kind of took off. Really. I joined uh, a game group in my local town and, Went there every week and played all sorts of uh, different Euro Euro type games, um, and then yeah, and then I think eventually, like three weeks later, I went back to uh, my buddy's house and he had another like game night and some friends over, and they did a Dominion tournament and I actually ended up winning it. So, did <laughs> <laughs> you go sure. away and looked up tactics and stuff like that? Yeah, no, watching just, YouTube videos. <laughs> no, I wasn't that. It was, I, I think I just got lucky that night or something. I don't know what it was, but I think I just kind of put those guys to shame somehow in some horrible way. Was there a training montage, Eric? You know, was it like a rocky one of kind of like you putting, you putting down cards and kind of like not getting a good deck and then going, oh no. And then there was one of you putting down more cards and then starting to get a good deck. And then at the end, you kind of ran up the steps with your yeah. cards in your hand and then kind of jumped about as you got a really, really super kind of deck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wish I could like say that and like say that the final countdown uh, song was playing in the background. <laughs> But uh, no, it wasn't that <laughs> glamorous. Did you have a headband on for the sweat? Because I mean, take it towards the end when you knew you were winning. <laughs> that there was a bit. There was yeah, a there's bit some truth to that actually, because <laughs> it, yeah, a game tournament can become a little nerve wracking towards the end. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think it's like that. What do you want to do? That mop my brow. Yeah. It's like somebody, for goodness sake, somebody give me a hand towel. Yeah. These, these cards are flying everywhere. Yeah, yeah. My hands get sweaty and everything. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, dear. it's like I have something that. to prove to this group I never even knew. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're coming in like the lone gunman. What's his name? He's he's a man with no name. He's his name's Eric. Oh, okay. Is he your friend? Yeah. Tell me, don't want him back if he's going to be winning these Dominion <laughs> tournaments. Um, did that start you on the road then to go, well, you know, if it's that easy to take down these suckers and hustle them for $140 <laughs> and walk out the door of it? <laughs> is it yeah. like, there other board games I can take these people for? Did yeah. that start you on your quest? Well, there's no money involved, but yeah, man, that would be a great, uh, a great way to do it. <laughs> Play like Paul Newman. <laughs> play fun, fun games and make money on the side. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, did that? I mean, seriously, did that start you kind of down the line of you kind of becoming a bit of a collector and did you go to the group more regularly and kind of build up a collection and build yeah. kind of more and more games? Yeah. Well, um, I actually never got into building my own collection very much. I have a weird thing about collections. <laughs> um. I have this mindset where I feel like if I can't have the most complete, the most excellent (laughs) 
collection, then I don't want a collection at all. Um, Wow. Yeah. So like at one point I was building like this movie collection, like a few years ago. And then I realized I can never have like the perfect movie collection. So I just like got rid of all my movies because I was really upset because (laughs) it wasn't like the perfect collection. So that that sounds weird about me. Yeah. Let's not, don't get a board game habit kind of thing. I think that would potentially be, that would not be a good day. Yeah. I think I just like, yeah, buy a warehouse or something and just like buy every game that I could possibly find. <laughs> something horrible. You feel like that? I've got three copies of Glory to Rome. And, you know, I've got this Dungeons and Dragons first edition that's still got the, it's still got the sticker on the back. Yeah. It's got the price tag on it kind of thing. But, um, so do you still, I mean, I take it for the, the kind of the group then. Do you rely on them for kind of like playing the games and things? Yeah. Yeah. That group that I went to was, uh, really fun because they all had really nice collections. Um, so I just played their games and they teach games every, every week, every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played a whole bunch of different games there for about two years. Um, then, uh, then I decided I want, I wanted to make my own board game. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want me to continue on this path? Yeah. Cool. You will. It's your, it's your night. So yeah, okay. let's continue. You know, as I say, I'm just fascinated. I'm very um I'd like to say I'm in I'm kind of intuitive and I'm empathetic and I like to hear people's sides of the story, but I'm just really nosy. So Well, you, you sound know. just like me, man. <laughs> just what I hear what's kinda of like, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Um what what was the game and what happened with that? Yeah, so like a lot of people who play board games, um, I was another person who thought that it'd be a good idea to design one. Um, And so I set out on that quest to design my very own board game. And um, I kind of lifted a couple ideas from some of the other games I was playing with that group, Mm -hmm. um, Concordia and Terra Mystica at the time. Oh, yeah. And um, so there's a couple elements mechanics that are similar to those games that were in the game I was designing. But um, uh, funny enough, actually, the game was kind of modeled after Star Trek, um, kind of the feel of it. Um, You know, it's kind of common in board games right now how there'll be like similar characters to uh, popular IPs or entertainment. Yeah. But they're just like a hair different. So I guess that's kind of like the theme that I want to play with like that. Uh, for my game. And um, it was like a mid to heavy Euro game where you're one of these uh, colonies on this remote planet. Uh, pretty similar to like the Federation. And uh, the goal was to build up your industry and your manufacturing and stuff like that to uh, head off into space and start mining nearby um, moons and stuff for ore and whatnot. So that's kind of what it was about how far did you get with it um i got i designed it for probably about six or seven months and um i did maybe yeah probably about half a dozen play tests with that group and then another design group in my town and um um i worked on it like really hard like really focused on it and then 
I took it to uh, maybe like the fifth or sixth play test, and one of the guys who's pretty good with games found this element, this mechanic that was kind of broken with it, and he just exploited it and made like all these victory points. And um, I was like, all right, well, I got to tweak that. So I took it back home, um, and then it kind of like squirreled away in my living room night and day. I tried to make this game, fix it, retweak it, rebalance it. And I thought I had it just perfect, that it was impenetrable. It could never be broken again. And you can probably see where this is going. But I took it back to this <laughs> same group like two months later. And the same guy played the same faction and did the same thing, but just like in a different way. He, he just went, like went down a different path and then make all made all the victory points a different way. I was like, <laughs> man, this is... This is insane. I cannot balance this thing. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you have to put it to bed? I put it to bed, yeah. I, I put it to sleep even. <laughs> is it? Does it still exist? I mean, have you still got that kind of sitting on the shelf? If you turn around, can you look at it now yeah. and give it kind of like evil evil type eyes and say, you know, why, why can't you balance? Yeah, well, I put it under my couch because I didn't want to look at the thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You but can sit with a dog here. I probably would have burned it, but um, <laughs> like I spent, <laughs> I spent good money like for the little bits and meeples and stuff. And they're all like really nice looking, like little pieces of ore and like different tokens and stuff. So I didn't want to get rid of them. What are you going to do? You're going to go back to it? Um, probably not. Um, I don't think. Game design is for me, but um, I uh, did, through that event, I determined that I wanted to um, tell this story that I went through, and um, that's kind of what led to the the initial idea for the game designers project. What do you? I mean, what do you do during the day? I mean, is this what you do? Are you do you are you involved in kind of media? Is that what you do? Is a kind of like a job job then? Uh, no, I, um, I it's not my day job. But I uh, do other media type stuff just for fun. I have my buddy out. He has like a popular YouTube channel. Actually, I actually have like three buddies to do or pretty heavily into YouTube. So I help them out um, every now and again and um, do that kind of stuff. So I'm always hanging around with people who are creating content and whatnot. Yeah. Well, some of those, yeah, some of those YouTube channels are just ridiculous. Like the guys who go and climb cranes on construction sites, and they're like hanging up there, and it's like wind blowing and all this stuff. And it's like, just dude, like no. Uh, but yeah, so these guys, um, let me think. Like one of them um, does like a lot of cosplay videography. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he has like a channel that has a lot of. Um, subscribers and he does that kind of travels around doing that then uh another buddy of mine i guess they're all kind of tied to the cosplay world like another buddy does conventions where he um, just goes around and kind of like interviews people and talks to people and then i have another buddy who does like pranks at conventions and stuff um so i kind of met him all through the convention circuit all right okay yeah do you call do you cosplay yourself then um, I don't know. I did a short documentary on a few um, like cosplay related things, but uh-huh. I had one idea to do a cosplay. I thought it'd be pretty awesome. I don't have you yeah. ever seen uh, Wild Wild Country? 
The name rings a bell, yeah. Oh, okay. So it was a documentary that was on Netflix. is a series, and um, it's about this cult in uh, Oregon who dressed in all red, like all red clothes. And uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so like, there's this big, um, uh, like this big, uh, not battle, but a lot of animosity animosity between this cult that moved into like a small town in Oregon and then the people who were living in that town. Mm-hmm. And they made a documentary about that. Anyways, long story short, like there were people in this cult who had these video cameras. This is, this all happened like in the 1980s and they had like these big VHS cameras and they'd like record everything that was happening at their cult. And so <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to like dress up and all red and like have a big VHS camera <laughs> and like make a cosplay video that way. But um, I never did it. I should, I should do it. You should just do You have to do these things to get the reception. Yeah. You know, there's no point in having, you know, um, there's, a, I always like to say, oh yeah, there's no such thing as a bad idea. There's obviously there is bad ideas, but you never know if they're good or bad ideas unless you try them. Yeah. You know, there was, there was at some point somebody who went, this loaf of bread, it's a pain in the butt. I wonder if I can take a knife and make this sliced all the time. You know, that was an idea. Um, you know, other ideas not have probably not been as good, but you know, it's, it's kind of worthwhile, worthwhile kind of trying these things. So, have you not thought about jumping in front of the ca- of the camera then? Are you are you more the technical kind of guy that's good at organizing and doing the filming? Yeah. As opposed to getting in front of the camera and going, hey. Yeah, definitely. I'm more of a behind the camera kind of guy. I don't like being on camera. I'm actually really um <laughs> really clunky. I don't know. I'm not like a performer kind of guy. Um so, like, whenever I get up in front of an audience or, like, a camera or something, I'm, I just can't perform. I'm terrible. Um, but behind a camera, I think I'm all right. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, that's not the attitude is to say, you know, for somebody launching a Kickstarter event. Okay, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, it could be good. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Welcome to my video. <laughs> um <laughs> But, I mean, with you doing that, where did you get the idea to kind of go and say, well, you know, um, I've taken these people for their money playing Dominion with them. Um, it'd be a really, really good idea to maybe documentary, documentary rise. <laughs> Other mm-hmm. things in the kind of the board game hobby. I know it's not a word, Eric. I don't care. I'm just going <laughs> to power through it. Um, so, you don't call me a documentarian, I'm fine. I, I, isn't that somebody that eats fish? <laughs> um but anyway um what can what kind of like made you sit down and go you know i could make a film about mm-hmm. game designers yeah so it was uh that process that i went through trying to make that game um that was really the big thing that made me want to um create the documentary mm-hmm. because um like i said before as you know as talked away in my scrolled away in my living room working on this thing night and day and nobody really knew like all the hard work and time and dedication that I was putting into it. And um, it's like, well, this is like a really interesting story. I'm just like um, working so hard on this thing, but nobody knows like all the blood, sweat and tears that goes behind it. 
And so I wanted to tell that story because I knew there's a lot of other designers out there um, who are doing the same thing. Uh, There's just like so many board games out right now. And then to match that, there's just so many board game designers. And I felt like there's a story to share there. I think, you know, in all fairness, out of like every, probably every five games that get to Kickstarter, there's probably another 45 that don't even get close to it. You know, there's probably a couple of hundred on top of that, which are kind of like they get kind of halfway and they don't get any further. Right. And I think um, it's kind of like the un the unseen kind of work that kind of goes behind it. Like you're right. I mean, you you know, if you if you spend um, if you spend time doing like what you start off as a hobby, um, and then you're looking to create something that can kind of become a kind of like a bit more into kind of like a, an obsession. Not to that, you know, level of seriousness, but you can end up kind of saying, "Well, I've got to work on this. I want to balance this." You end up do kind of ending up all spending all your time, and I think when you get to the point where it doesn't work out, it's like, "Well, what have you, you know, what have you kind of got?" Yeah. And I think, um, I yeah, I think I don't know if that story always gets told. That you know, some people that I speak to. I mean, when I was speaking to, um, was it James? Um, who was doing uh, Valor and Villainy, you know, he's been working on his game for like two and a half, three years. I mean, I know people that have worked on their games for four or five years. And um, I think that if... Yeah, isn't that crazy? People knew about it. Yeah, yeah like people I, working years <laughs> on a project and then maybe like that's not even known outside of like a few friends and family members. I know, and is is that why you thought it was important to kind of like start to kind of tell that tell that kind of journey? Yeah? Um, yeah, I don't know if I thought it was important. I thought like it was probably going to be more interesting than anything else, um, because I think like for me, it's more about like the entertainment aspect. Like I make stuff just to kind of like entertain people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be like a documentary filmmaker that goes to. Rwanda or something and talks about some horrible thing going on. Um, I make documentaries because like, I want to make them for entertainment. Um, I was really heavily inspired by this documentary that came out a few years ago called King of Kong. Have you seen Mm -hmm. that? Is that the one about the guy that played the arcade game? Yeah. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, it's... uh, uh, it's a documentary about the people who are trying to get the top score in Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it was just such a fun documentary to watch. I was like, the first time I saw it, it kind of blew me away because I was like, you can't just pick up a camera and make a documentary like this. Like, is that even possible? Who does that? I never, mm-hmm. I never seen anything like it before. Um, I just thought it was so fun. Like how this random guy just grabbed a camera one day and went out and started making this story, this ridiculous story about these guys who who were in this ridiculous com- competition to get the top score. It's just so funny to me. So after I saw that thing, I was, was kind of like hooked on the idea of making my own kind of King of Kong documentary uh, mm-hmm. or King of Kong inspired documentary. Um, now this one, I want to say it's like exactly like that. It's probably has a few different influences. Um, but in the end, I think that 
entertainment aspect is always going to be there. I mean, is it when you're doing this? I mean, do you just film and keep on filming and filming until somebody kind of you know until somebody stops? <laughs> I mean, I I mean do you have to. I mean, do you have to? I mean, do you have to go into kind of like with a set agenda? Do you have to be? Do you have to be kind of aware of what shots you're trying to get? Is there a lot of planning? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're aware of the amount of planning that I do. You know, mm-hmm. you got a, you know, I send you an email to say, right, this is how it's going to work. And then it's like, and you said, well, is there any other notes? It's like, nah, we'll just make it up as we go along because that's the best way to do things. Right. But if you're like, say, when you're like speaking to the various designers, did you, was it a kind of a gonzo approach? Did you just approach them there and then and say, listen, do you have time to ask a couple of questions? Or did you have to kind of reach out to them beforehand to kind of check that we're even wanting to speak to yeah. you before you turned up? That's a really good question. Like when I first started, I had never made a feature length project before, just done mm-hmm. like um, YouTube videos and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So at first, I probably took too much inspiration from the king of kong and seth gordon the director i was like yeah i'm just gonna grab my camera like seth did and just film everything and see what happens and um so what i did is i started with my uh, game design group um where i used to live I- i'm not in the same town anymore but um i just went there <laughs> Coming around with that camera again, yeah. Eric. Well, I got to that your, point. Get, get your butt out of this town. You don't come <laughs> back. Take your VHS and your red outfit with you as well. Well, it is the Wild West, man. This is America, so <laughs> that's how it happens. Uh, See, that or get lynched. Yeah. Oh, my word, that could have been terrible. <laughs> no documentary. No. And this here lies Eric Rell, who filmed us just a little bit too much. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, I probably did him filming him too much because I had like way too much footage. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, so anyways, um, where am I going with this? Yeah. So at the beginning, I just filming everything like that gonzo approach you're talking about. Yeah. But, um, but I think over time I realized that it's actually smarter to have a, a uh, like a production kind of like doing a production manager's job figuring out exactly yeah. like what shots I want and what um what story I want to tell and all that stuff um but I only learned that through going through the process and uh I think after this project if I when I do it again I'm going to do another documentary but um my next project I'm going to be more focused for sure in terms of asking people mm-hmm. was it was it? Did you find the community quite open? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so when I started off, I started with that group and just started filming them, and uh, they're pretty open about it. Um, no problems there. But then after a while, I decided I wanted to expand the scope and um, kind of tell the wider story of all the game designers out there. So I started reaching out to like all the most well-known game designers via board game geek. And, um, I just started sending out messages on, on board game geek. And I got like a really healthy response, like out of all the people that I messaged, I'd probably say about 80 or 85% responded back. 
and said that they were interested to meet and and do an interview. So I felt like that was a pretty uh, pretty amazing um, response from the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from that eighty five percent, I mean, how many how many can have ended up kind of committing further? Yeah. Oh, um, so there's five main people in the film, and um, mm-hmm. uh, so most of the people I just did like a single interview with. There's a, they're going to be kind of like the expert opinion, um, the talking heads, if you will. And then mm-hmm. the other five are the five main stories that I'm following in the film. And um, so those are the people who went forward um, with it more. Um, but most people, like I said, were perfectly willing to do that um, first interview, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you approach them with like kind of set questions? Did you have to go yeah. to like in a, a kind of an interviewer head or did you say, right, okay, here's the questions we're going to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, did you end up doing multiple takes as well? Because one of the, th- I mean, one of the things I noticed just recording kind of audio is that I, je- I would rather take kind of, you know, a bad take on audio and edit bits out then maybe start over again. I think I've had to do I've had to do like two shows again from scratch due to audio issues. Oh wow. And it's never quite the same. It's never ever quite the same as you're kind of when you're approaching it in a kind of like a I guess a kind of a fresh a fresh attack. So yeah. how did you approach it? Did you did you do multiple takes or did you try and capture everything within the first kind of couple of takes? Yeah. Um I probably I I probably say that I did um like more directing with the five mm-hmm. main people. So that would mean mm-hmm. that if I saw something that um, like my main character did, um, you know, one of the designers did that looked interesting, but I didn't catch it on camera. I'd be like, Oh, can you do that again? Like whatever it was, whatever situation. Mm-hmm. Or then I, you know, maybe direct them, you know, just uh, walk out <laughs> this door here and walk down the hall a little bit, or look at these games here, or, mm-hmm. you know, basic stuff like that. I think um, I think like a lot of people like when they think of documentaries, they think of like this this weird thing of it being like absolute truth or something, <laughs> and yeah. it's not like it's all it's all just like movie making and filmmaking and uh, yeah, and maybe some documentaries are more like quote unquote truthful than others, but I think there's always an element of um, you know you're crafting a story and curating it for the audience, the audience. Well, you've got, I mean, it's really fun and things like Foley work and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like somebody's like rolling a dice or, you know, putting together some coins or opening a box and stuff like that. And it's like, well, if you're filming just normally, unless you've got like a microphone right next to the, to the object that's being manipulated, you ain't going to hear it. You're going to hear the person kind of talking about it. So, yeah. um, did you, did you go to kind of extremes with that? Like kind of having kind of little kind of reshoots to make sure you were capturing certain sounds and stuff or was um, that not? No, I'm, I'm actually kind of weak in the sound area. Um, like hmm. most of my, uh, skills, if you will, are like more visual based. Um, mm-hmm. but I tried to do the sound as best as I could like with lab mm-hmm. mics and um, all that stuff. But as far as like capturing like really high quality audio, yeah, like dice dropping and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, I didn't get any of that. 
that's going to be for the follow-up. <laughs> yeah, I guess that. No, I'm done filming. Um, it'll be for the next film. Is that what you mean? Yeah, the, yeah, the follow-up, yeah. Yeah, the, sequ- the, the Empire Strikes Back one. It could be the darker one. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, one of the things that you... Um, well, one of the things that you... You got um, Scott from Board Game Geek... Yeah. Involved, yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that? How did that kind of come about? Um, so I was walking around Origins in uh, 2017, which is a board game convention in um, Columbus, Ohio. And um, I was walking around the floor, the show floor, and I, I like to talk to people um, at the convention, just walk around and you know go to all the booths and see what everybody's mm-hmm. doing. So I walked over to Board Game Geek booth and. We started to talk to some of the guys there, Eric Martin and stuff. And then I met Scott and he noticed I was holding a camera. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> It's like, um, we've had reports of you going around in your red outfit with your VHS recording thing. Yeah. I'm just wondering, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you handing out pamphlets to everybody about your weird... Exactly. Yeah. Why are you telling people you're going to be doing a documentary? We've had people like that before. Yeah. <laughs> so Go on um, your way, or I'll set the dogs on you. But yeah, <laughs> obviously you started off a wonderful conversation. Yeah. So he was interested, um, kind of right off the bat with that first conversation, and that was great because, um, I wouldn't say I was rudder rudderless or anything, but it really helped to have um, somebody could who could. Uh, bounce ideas off with and kind of help make the connections in the industry and also help promote the film. So I started working with him after, um, after I met him there. And did that help you kind of connect up with all the other designers as well? Cause I'm, I mean, I'm looking down the kind of the designers that you've got kind of mentioned in here. And I know a lot of, a lot of faces, mm-hmm. Oh, I know, obviously, I recognize more games than faces because it's not like I go scouring the internet for pictures of the faces of the game designers yeah. that I know the games are. I'm not that, you know, I'm not that guy. But, you know, Jamie Stegmaier does take a good photo, doesn't he? You know, oh, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, he does. I'm just putting that on record. <laughs> <laughs> but um, did that, I mean, did that allow, did that make it easier for you to reach out to these people and, and kind of like get them kind of directly involved in the in the documentary itself. Um, yeah. yeah. So again, like I had a really healthy response at first and I got like a lot of um, big name designers right off the bat. But mm-hmm. in addition to those guys, there were people in the industry that I, that I wasn't aware of, of how like influential they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I would have never known about them, I guess, or, um, unless I'd done like a, like a lot of, lot of research. Um, so he kind of okay. like introduced me to the people who are kind of maybe, you know, just as influential or maybe more, but we're not as like public facing, like as well known to the public audience. So, I mean, how does a documentary run? You say you've got like the main people that you're following around and then are you just kind of like got sound bites and quick interviews with kind of like some of the other names like Eric Lang you know is, is he appearing in a short part of it is he just doing a quick kind of talking head bit or does he appear in quite a bit of it 
Yeah, Eric Lang actually wanted to have as one of the five main uh, people that I followed in the film. And mm-hmm. he was on board with it. We wanted to do it. Um, but he he moved to the, the other side of the world. Um, he was living in Toronto, like when I first asked him, which is yeah. not too far from where, where I'm at, I guess. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, so it was maybe like a three-hour plane ride or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, he moved to Singapore. So <laughs> that kind of threw a dent into that plan. Um, but anyways... Um, so yeah, I kind of, Eric is one of the guys who is like at all the conventions, like no matter which one you go to. So I went to a number of conventions for this project and I, I saw him a number of times and, um, I think we ended up doing like two or three different interviews, like at different conventions, but most of the guys, yeah, most of the guys, it was just like one interview, Uh like as I met him at each convention. How, um... How long has it taken to put kind of everything together? Oh my God, like an eternity <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's been a ridiculous amount of time trying to put this thing together. Um, because I'm doing like everything. I'm producing it and mm-hmm. writing it, directing it, editing it, doing the sound, finding the music, getting rights, doing uh, releases, getting money for the project, kickstarting it, marketing it, promoting it, and probably something else as well. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of work. I guess one of the questions that people will be asking is that um, if you filmed everything and if it's going to be taken, you know, if this is just a time thing, then, you know, why why are you going a Kickstarter? You know, why, why do you want, you know, how dare you ask for money? to create something eric but no i mean joking aside i mean you know what i mean is there still more that you need to do is that why you're kind of looking at kickstarter oh, as a way to yeah i see what you're saying help? Yeah. um yeah yeah so we're about done with the film like the rough cut but there's like mm-hmm. more to do we need to buy mm-hmm. like music rights and um do color correction and color grading um and, you know, add those sound effects like the dice dropping and all that fun stuff. And then yeah. uh, we got to, you know, purchase the DVDs and the Blu-rays and then put the collector's edition together and the digital download and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of like all the wrap-up stuff is uh, what the funds will hopefully be used for. No, they will be used for. Hopefully we get them is what I'm saying. <laughs> Does that, I mean, this is going to be a, phy- a physical product. So when people go on the Kickstarter, they're actually they're not just like buying the ability to digitally download the film. You, it sounds like you're going to be physically producing the DVD and the kind of the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, we're going to have both. We're going to have the digital download, and we're going to have yeah. the DVD, Blu-ray, and collector's edition. So Ooh, it's pretty okay. much uh, whatever uh, you take interest in. What's going to be in the collector's edition? Yeah, so... Um, you might have gathered that I shot like a lot of stuff for this project, so yeah, we're um we're gonna put a, like a lot of that fun content into the collector's edition. We're gonna have like all the extended interviews um, for all these people that we've interviewed, and um, we're gonna do like extras, deleted scenes. Um, we're gonna have some featurettes as stretch goals. So for like, all right, okay, yeah, for like each uh, stretch goal we hit. 
we're going to have like a 20 minute featurette for each one. Um, wow. So that's all going to go on there too. Yeah. So it's, cool. it's a lot of content actually. It might be like, I don't know, maybe like four or five hours worth of content for the collector's edition. And how long does the documentary run to? Uh, probably be about an hour and a half when it's all done. Well, that's good. Yep. So they get the hour and a half, and then there's a potential that if they hit all the stretch goals, it's going to be another five hours of content on top of that as well. Yeah, yeah. maybe another three or something, three or four, something like that, yeah. What's the kind of going to be the price of entry? I mean, how much is it going to be to kind of pledge? Have you sorted out the final? Have you finalized the kind of the pledge levels for the different packages yet? Um, I think so. I actually have a call. I'm going to be calling Sky here right after this conversation. But um, yeah, I think what we're going to do for uh, the digital download is right around 20. Um, mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't say go by these numbers if uh, <laughs> if, it, if 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 this comes out before the Kickstarter. Just take this with a grain of salt. But um, so for the digital download, uh, 20, and then for the DVD slash Blu-ray, we're going to do 45, and then the collector's edition will be 90. Wow. Yeah. And what's your kind of your funding goal? Have you decided on your funding goal, or is that to be kind of decided? Uh, we're looking at 30,000 right now. That's not bad. That's kind of totally what I was kind of expecting. Mm-hmm. I would have kind of wondered if it had been a kind of an awful lot lower, because I know from the guys that I know that do YouTube videos, just YouTube videos, that just getting the equipment together and making sure you've got, you know, all the right stuff can cost a fair whack of money. Yeah. And if you're wanting to put something professionally together, then it's a, it's a big chunk of change. Yeah, um, And is. then, obviously, the other thing you got to think about is um, if you're producing physical physical copies um, of the, you know, of the of the film as well. Then you know that doesn't happen by magic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's going to be all the production copies, which I'm sure is going to take a chunk of change out of there as well. So that's that's kind of good. Um, are you doing a super duper collector's edition with that version of that game that you made? Uh, you mean like have the rules in there or something like a printed play? I want, yeah, like the game that you created. Oh, no, no. I, th- I think... <laughs> no, I... I think you Oops. Sorry. I think you should do that. Oh, my headphones fell out. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, you shocked him so much that he's like, that's it, I'm, I'm done. Interview's over. <laughs> mentioned that game too many times. It's under my couch for a reason. But, <laughs> Leave uh, me alone. Um, what I was initially thinking about doing was having like a add-on, like a unique add-on just for that game. Yeah. Um, and like put it at some like ridiculous price, like $50,000. No, not that much. Um, but yeah, but I don't know if we're going to do that. Um, because we just kind of like want to have it focused on the movie itself instead of like all this extra stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you have to, you know. Yeah. I think you have to, yeah. I think no, nah, I still think you should do it. I think that'd be excellent just to see and here's 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 my game that you can well, have. I don't know if anybody not, wanted though. Like it's But yeah, the, 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 the people might. Maybe you know, there might yeah. be some day out there that might they might take it take it. And then the next thing you know <laughs> be said, Did you hear about uh, Star Solar System three? Yeah. What the game that Eric got? Yeah, yeah. It just did um just did 1.2 million on Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility. I'm telling you, that theme is really, really cool. 
<laughs> you are, don't believe it. People <laughs> like totally screaming <laughs> at Kickstarter. It's just like going, oh, wow. You know, and do you know who had bought it? It'll be that guy that broke the game in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting, <laughs> he's sitting there smiling. Oh, yeah. Um. So the campaign starts on the fifth of fifth of February. Is it a twenty-one day or a, th- a thirty day? Or are you running it for longer than that? Have you got like an idea? Yeah, on your we're going to do thirty thirty days. Sounds like a reasonable time. Yeah. Well, my favorite number is three, so I just do like three for everything. <laughs> Well, my see my I my favorite number is four, and it was forty four this year. So that's why my Kickstarter campaign went for forty four days. Oh, really? See, <laughs> there was no yeah, there was no other reason. Yeah, you know, I looked at it, I went, oh, it's my birthday, and that's the number of days. And everyone was like, "When's this finishing? Because it's lasting forever and it's rubbish." And I was like, "I don't care." <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you have any reward years that were like the number four or anything like that? Uh, uh, no, or forty four or anything. No, I was stu- no, yeah, I did actually, yeah, I did, yeah. It was a, uh, um, you could come on and and have a chat on the show about talk about anything at all, which I'm terrified about because I've not seen the topics that people want to talk about. So it's all, it's all fun and games. So it should be fun, but we we'll, we shall see. It's going to make 2019 very very interesting indeed. But it sounds like your 2019 is going to be very very interesting indeeder. Um, if people who have listened along tonight or this morning or yesterday um, want to keep an eye on things on the internet webs, where do we find you on the internet webs, Eric? Uh, well, the best place would probably be Zoom Out Media on Facebook. Just browse for that and then you'll find the page. Um, I also have a website, www.thegamedesignersmovie.com. That's cool. Yeah. And what we'll do is we'll put all of those links in the show notes so that we've got notes to show. Um, thank you very, very much for coming on. Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, then go to the internet webs, search for We're Not Wizards. You will find us on our website, which is we'renotwizards.com. You'll find us on our blog, which is we'renotwizards.blogspot.com. You'll find us on Twitter. Guess what? It's We're Not Wizards. You can email us, which is magic at we'renotwizards.com. Yes, I am aware of the irony of the website uh, email address, so that's why I picked it. Um, you can find us on all the um, podcast catchers, which is your st- Stitchers and Speakers and Acasts and Spotify, and we're on Google Podcasts as well for no idea. Google finally woke up and realised that we actually existed. Um, if you like what you've listened to um, and... Well, there's a couple of things you can do to help us. You can tell somebody, tell somebody else. If you listened along tonight and you thought this was interesting, then go and tell somebody else um, and let them listen too. Or you can jump on to Apple Podcasts and you can drop us a subscription. And if you really like what you've listened to tonight, then drop us a rating or a review. And as we say, if you drop us a rating or a review, don't give us 10 stars because <laughs> it makes us big-headed. But don't give us one star, because it makes us cry. I'm getting older. I'm just really an ugly crier. But give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average. We're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average is rather wonderful, rather fantastic. 
Mr. Eric Rail. So thank you again for coming on, sir. Awesome. Thank you. And there's only uh, two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Eric? No, you're not wizards. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and the other thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Eric. Say goodbye, Eric. Bye-bye. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, uh, stay safe. Roll6s.com. And, you know, you play their games. So maybe if you want to find out a little bit of what happens behind the game designer curtain, then maybe you should be checking out the uh, game designer movie. As I say, we will be putting all of the links in the show notes. Um, But until the next time, goodbye. Cut. A wizard is never late. Noisy early. He arrives precisely when he means to.